Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When it comes to the you know, the union gaming uh, connection to Bally's, but yeah, I mean, on its face, uh, it, it's, it's tough to kind of draw that direct line, but, you know... Um, you can certainly see why these aldermen are, are, are upset with the, the process of how we landed on this choice. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guests this week are two of my colleagues and treasured colleagues at that, Mitch Armantrout, who has done yeoman's work on the casino and a lot of politics stuff for us, and David Roeder, the business and labor columnist and reporter extraordinaire. Both of you have uh, joined me this week in breaking the story that was kind of a best kept secret around Chicago, but the timing of it was surprising that Mayor Lightfoot has chosen Bally's River West bid to build a $1.7 billion casino and entertainment complex in River West. What surprised you both about the timing of this announcement and the substance of it? Mitch, why don't you start? No, I, I think it's just been a it's been a real whiplash back and forth of uh, first we're going to make our decision in January, then you know we're going to do it sometime in the first quarter, and then no, we need more community input, so we're going to do it in the early summer, um, and then we're going to form this special city council committee, and then we're going to make an announcement very abruptly uh, after exactly one meeting and no action from that committee. So I mean, it, it's just been a real topsy-turvy kind of rollout from the mayor's office. I think that's what I've found most surprising up to this point. I don't know about you, Dave. Yes, I was surprised by the the, the timing as well. It, it seemed as if the mayor realized, uh, you know, the clock was running on, on her uh, on this issue. She has to uh, stand for re-election next year and uh, show some real progress and get this through uh, the Illinois Gaming Board. And I, I just think for uh, for her administration, the, the choice became obvious. You've got uh, Bally's, which has uh, no competing interests in the uh, Chicago area with other casinos. I think that was truly a big factor here. For a while, it looked like hometown favorite Neil Bloom, whose family had very close ties to Lori Lightfoot, particularly his daughter's big donors of hers, Leslie and, and uh, another daughter, uh, that, that he had the inside track. And, you know, he's experienced with the Rivers Casino, et cetera. He's a hometown guy, very cloud heavy. Um, why did, did you think that and did it change at some point or what what do you think happened? Mitch, start. You know, I, I think um, there were there were a few problems uh, from for life uh, politically, at least dealing with Neil Bloom. I mean, uh, we've written a lot about how um, Neil Bloom's daughters are both very close with Lori Lightfoot. One of them is a very close law school friend of uh, the mayor. Um, they both contributed heavily to her. Their, uh, they both contributed heavily to her first uh, 
mayoral campaign. Um, so, you know, handing out uh, this incredibly lucrative casino license to Neil Bloom doesn't look great on its face for that from that perspective for her. Um, but then I think there's also just some issues with that site too. I mean, the 78 is obviously um, gone through a litany of development proposals over the years that both of you, I'm sure, are more familiar with than I am. Um, you can probably go through that timeline. But, um, you know, it, it, on top of that, um, uh, State Representative Teresa Ma came out very much against this proposal and very influential State Representative, um, that, you know, an ally that life really needs on her side going forward. Um, you know, Lifewood made a pledge that she wouldn't put uh, the casino anywhere near Chinatown when they first passed the gambling expansion way back when uh, in 2019. And, um, you know, I, I think there was just uh, politically it was not favorable for her to, to go with that site. Um, but, you know, it's easier for, for the mayor's team to make that case when, you know, they put out the, their initial uh, reports on the, the three finalists saying that the, the 78 site would be would make the least amount of money. Um, and I, I think that that's, uh, you know, the best way for her to knock that group out. Dave, you and I wrote about Friends of the Park uh, weighing in in favor of the Lakeside Center, the McCormick Place, the oldest McCormick Place building. And yet that seemed sort of orchestrated when you had suddenly McPeer comes out and says, no, no, no. We have all these events planned for there. This building uh, is needed and it would have to be replaced. Was that part of an orchestrated thing to steer it away because Brendan Riley, the downtown alderman who is opposed to this and joining Brian Hopkins in, in trying to overturn it, uh, says that's the site that made the most sense in the first place. Yes, it, it certainly uh, seemed like uh, that was uh, coordinated and it, it helped uh, the, the city take uh, the McCormick Place sites off the table. It, uh, the the uh, the McPeer uh, announcement on that was a bit unusual. They they had been emphasizing the uh, the, the uh, need for repairs and renovations at uh, at Lakeside Center all along, and then they they kind of uh, turned around a couple months ago and said, "Well, it's uh, it's still a, a vital part of our business here." Plus, the convention crowd doesn't want to rub elbows with the uh, with the casino crowds. They uh, they feel that's an a distraction for what they want to do. So <clears throat> it took those sites off the table and uh, and really uh, helped uh, narrow the, the decision here for the city. I would add that uh, regarding the, the 78, uh, if you uh, wanted to put the casino there, it would have caused some political problems for uh, Alderman uh, Pat Dowell, uh, the mayor's budget chairman who's running for Congress. Her ward is uh, close to that site and there was uh, very strong opposition from the, the South Loop, the, the, the Dearborn Park uh, community. So there, there were some uh, strong political difficulties uh, with that as well. Right. And then you have Alderman Burnett, who is portraying this as a choice between a post-election property tax increase or ballets, which is, of course, a false choice, because first, there will be a Lightfoot has guaranteed that by pushing through an automatic trigger tied to the rate of inflation, which is, by the way, very high right now. And secondly, because it's not a choice between will there be a casino or won't there be a casino? Will there be revenue for pensions and police and fire or won't there be? It's which 
site it is. But Burnett is willing to swallow this. He's not thrilled. He's not gung ho, but he's saying, I I'm not afraid of it and I will I will I will take it. And so the local alderman, he is the one local alderman who says, "Okay, I'll swallow it. How important is that? Yeah, he's uh, he's the local alderman and he's swallowing it. uh, But uh, most of the opposition is outside of his ward. So he doesn't have to pay uh, much of a political price on that. He's uh, he's clearly worrying more about the uh, the Cabrini Green area. Uh, people who might be looking at uh, jobs and contracts uh, out of this. So that's a, a, a very powerful argument, too. Yeah, Mitch, the allegation from the two aldermen, Brian Hopkins and Riley, is that this was a stacked deck from the beginning. And they point to several things about that. The fact that Bally's was allowed to amend its proposal after the fact by eliminating this controversial callback provision to buy out minority investors in six years, the fact that the second application fee of $300,000 was waived only for them, some ties between them and union gaming, et cetera, et cetera. Was this, do you believe, a stacked deck from the beginning? And if so, why? Um, you know, I, it'd be hard for me to say that this was definitively, you know, a, a case of favoritism or, you know, the mayor trying to push through her own. I mean, certainly she's trying to push her own pick. But as far as favoritism uh, for the specific, you know, company, it's hard to say exactly. I mean, Bally's has also made a pretty strong case on their own end. I mean, the only company to offer up, um, you know, before the city prodded them to put to put forward, a, you know, a direct payment to the city of, you know, they started at twenty five million. Uh, the city was able to shake down all the uh, candidates for or the uh, the bidders for for a forty million dollar payment, um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to the you know, the union gaming uh, connection to Bally's, I mean, union gaming is one of the top consulting firms in the gambling industry. You know, you'd be hard pressed to find any company that doesn't have ties to, to union gaming. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, on its face, uh, it, it's it's tough to kind of draw that direct line, but you know. Um, you can certainly see why these aldermen are, are, are upset with the, the process of how we landed on this choice. Lightfoot denied earlier this week that the decision has been made when we posted our story that she had made the decision. And then when she was asked about it by you, Mitch, she said, well, her evaluation committee was different than the casino committee. And she she kind of split hairs with that. Was she being disingenuous and does she hurt her credibility by standing up there and denying it two days before she confirms it? It's really, I mean, it's kind of a weird rhetorical game she's playing uh, when talking about, you know, how exactly we, she got to this decision. And I mean, if you ask her, I mean, you go back to the press conference yesterday. I mean, she, at no point does she say, this is my pick. You know, there's always one separation between her and the choice. There's the uh, yeah, this evaluation committee, which composed of all her handpicked aides, um, you know, her top deputies in the, in the mayor's office. Uh, there's a special city council committee that supposedly is, you know, very involved in the process, even though didn't take any votes or action or have any real genuine input in the process. Um, you know, I, I think it's very important for her in a re-election year to 
you know, she doesn't want to look like Rahm Emanuel uh, making her pick and just kind of imposing her will on everyone. Um, she doesn't want to look that way, even if that certainly seems to be the case from, from the outside. Yeah, but clearly that is the case. Uh, I, these I, are her uh, aides on the evaluation committee, right? Right. And I mean, you know, there's no way that they're going to make a pick that she, you know, she has, she has at the end of the day, it's, it is her pick, you know, there's, there's, I don't think there's any pretenses about that from the outside, you know, no matter what she says at press conferences. Right. Dave, what were you going to say? I can always say it's, uh, it's not her pick until uh, she signs on the dotted line, you know, uh, but, uh, but yes, this, uh, uh, this clearly seemed to be where, where everybody was, uh, was going. Uh, you know, for for some time, the uh, the initial evaluation report was uh, you know pointing its finger at at Bally's as uh, as the favored choice. That was obviously the product of her evaluation committee, but uh, you know she was uh, obviously in accord with that too. Now the mayor made this announcement at the regional headquarters of the Carpenters Union for a reason. It was a show of force from organized labor, which. She hopes we'll help her muscle this through the city council. Do you think that'll do it, Mitch? I think organized uh, oh, labor got... will will be uh, will be very important here. Uh, it it gives uh, the aldermen a lot of cover uh, for uh, for making this selection. Uh, so yes, that's uh, that's very important. But in fact, there would have been a labor peace agreement in any of these these uh, deals. The council made that abundantly clear. And so did Bob Ryder of the Chicago Federation of Labor at the one casino committee meeting. So it's not like this was the only bidder that was promising to pay a living wage. Right, Mitch? Right. And, you know, I, I don't know if that comes down to just sort of uh, Bally's kind of taking the prerogative and really trying to jump on things here. But, you know, you, you talked to Bob Ryder and yeah, I mean, they were the, they, they approached the CFL as far as, you know, trying to put together a deal. Ryder yesterday said that they've been working on this deal for months. Um, you know, Neil Bloom and uh, Hard Rock, this is not their first rodeo. Um, you know, I, I don't know if maybe that's just not part of their procedure as far as trying to sign these deals before, They've got an agreement in writing or, you know, approval from cities they're dealing with. Um, but, I, you know, I, I personally would chalk that up to just kind of some assertiveness by values in that respect. Now, Brendan Riley and Hopkins both say that the traffic issues that are created at the River West site cannot be solved. And it's laughable to think so. What do you think about that argument? It was actually kind of funny. I mean, when uh, a couple of weeks back or last month, I should say, when they had the, the public meeting uh, at the Tribune plant where, you know, Bally's had a chance to make their case and some uh, residents had a chance to air their grievances with the proposal. Um, you know, there was maybe 300 people at that meeting and just that traffic alone and that intersection uh, coming to, to the area for that meeting, that on, on its own, like created a huge bottleneck in traffic. It was, it was a nightmare just getting into that public meeting. So. Uh, when you're when you're talking about yeah tossing a giant casino and a 500 room hotel there, uh, it's hard to envision a scenario where it's not it's even more of a traffic nightmare. Um, Bally's says that they are kind of the, the lesser of two evils with the the planning development that's already been approved for that site. But uh, I mean, I don't think anyone's kidding themselves uh, into thinking that you know there's any way to make that a really you know easy place to get through. Dave, what do you think? 
The, the, the traffic issue is going to be enormous there. Uh, I, I think the city is going to realize that they're going to have to do a lot more than just uh, improving the, the Chicago Avenue bridge. Uh, so uh, this is uh, this is going to be a, a, a big ongoing problem. I, uh, I notice, however, uh, there uh, the, there's a push towards uh, having uh, the, the temporary casino for ballets now at the uh, the Medina Temple site. Uh, so temporary, who knows how long that'll uh, that'll continue. This is still a pretty speculative real estate deal. It is, uh, it's becoming a little tougher now with everything going on with inflation and higher construction costs and supply chains. It's, uh, it, this may in the end be, uh, be a difficult thing for, for Bally's to pull off. Yeah, the mayor was in full campaign mode at the announcement. She hearkened back to the decades of futility under Richard M. Daley and Rahm Emanuel, the feuds with Governor Edgar and Pat Quinn over casino. She failed to mention something I remember, and that is as a newly elected mayor in 89, and I'm dating myself here, Richard M. Daley opted out of legalized riverboat gambling. He said he wanted no part of it. So part of the futility was his doing. Um, the city is counting on this casino to generate $200 million a year to shore up police and fire pensions that are hovering very close to insolvency. Will it do that? Or as Dave just mentioned, will it end up being not such a great business deal? as crime keeps people away, tourists and conventions don't come, rising inflation, rising labor costs, rising material costs, less discretionary income. Mitch, what do you think? I think all those issues that you just pointed out are major red flags uh, as far as hitting these revenue projections. You know, Bally says they're going to rake in somewhere, you know, upwards of a billion dollars every year um, with, a, you know, about a fifth of that going to the city. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you look around, there are already uh, 11 casinos up and running across the state. There's about to be four more before um, Bally's even gets off the ground in Chicago, if, if they do. Um, and casino revenues have been plummeting, uh, not only in Illinois, but across the country for you know the last decade or so. Uh, people just really aren't going to casinos as much. It's you know the topic of many uh, uh, an industry conference and folks trying to get younger gamblers into casinos. Um, but I mean, revenues in Illinois itself um, are down, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 percent on average, you know, compared to around 20, 2008 or so. Um, you know, the only uh, casino that makes even half as much as, uh, you know, Bally says they're going to make is uh, Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Neil Bloom's um, giant casino. Um, and, you know, in a good year for him, he's, he's pulling in about 400 million or so. Uh, so, you know, these are, these are pretty lofty numbers. Um, there are, you know, obviously there's many in the industry who say there's a lot of money to be made, but, you know, casinos themselves are not um, exactly on the upswing at this point. So Dave, what do you think? Is this going to produce the 200 million a year that we needed to? Will it be the panacea, panacea, the saving grace for the police and fire pensions? Or will it end up being, as Brian Hopkins said, the parking meter deal of 2022? Well, Fran, we all know that when uh, when politicians start uh, conjuring up millions of dollars in uh, in, in revenue, uh, you uh, you look at that uh, skeptically. 
And uh, yes, it's, uh, it's hard to say that this is going to meet uh, some of those uh, projections. You know, during their, uh, their announcement of, uh, of this casino deal, at, at the same time, the, uh, the news crossed the wires that uh, Boeing was uh, pulling its uh, headquarters out of Chicago. We have had uh, all of these, uh, th this news about crime, uh, much of it dealing with the, uh, the River North area uh, that the casino will be near. There are uh, a lot of real headwinds uh, to this uh, right now, but I think clearly Bally's uh, and the, the, the chairman there, Sue Kim, is betting that, uh, that you know, as this is a longer term deal. The city will remain a tourist draw. And they, uh, they they believe they've they've got a location that uh, will will bolt on to that River North area that, uh, that's already popular with people who want to uh, you know go out and have a good time, and and this will will really be an enormous draw at some point. Initially, Bally's wanted to build a temporary casino at a Trib warehouse, but the city pulled what Alderman Riley called a last-minute bait and switched to Medina Temple, the landmark building that developer Al Friedman renovated with city help and most recently served as a Bloomingdale's home store. Um, Riley is very upset about that. He thinks it's a terrible location. He says that there's a liquor moratorium on that block right now for a reason. Crime is rampant. Uh, what do you think of that location, Mitch, as the temporary casino and how temporary might it be if it takes longer as every project, every mega project does to complete this? You know, it, it is, he's got a point. I mean, up until, you know, the announcement was made, uh, Medina had not been floated as a, a temporary casino site for, for Bally's, you know, so all that community input and engagement that she was talking about, um, didn't see any of that regarding uh, Medina since no one had heard about it until yesterday. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I personally don't even know much about that site, uh, but from what I've read in the last 24 hours, I mean, it's a pretty small cramped building when you're talking about um, cramming in yeah, it sounds like they want to get about 500 uh, slot machines in there just to kind of get the, the money running as quick as possible. Just slot um, machines, no tables? Uh, don't quote me on that, but I, I, I'm sure that um, there will be some table games, but uh, slot machines obviously are kind of the bread and butter for, for any casino. But um, I, I think it, it seems like it really it gives does... Chicago, uh, Chicagoans more of a taste of gambling. Uh, it's, it's just a, a precursor, really. Why not do that at O'Hare? That's a good point. The, the state uh, gambling expansion uh, lets uh, any Chicago casino operator put up to 500 machines in Midway and O'Hare. And, you know, I, I'm sure you've both flown through Vegas. It's just kind of a, an interesting uh, little novelty to, to see when you come out of your, your plane. Um, talking to Bally's earlier in the process, they said they weren't terribly interested in doing that. They thought it's kind of tacky. Uh, the city... Um, has encouraged it, or at least they wanted to hear their proposals for doing that. Um, we haven't really gotten definitive word on whether you're going to see slot machines in the airports, but but I mean, it, it's not far-fetched at this point. How much of the rush of this, Dave, do you think is the fact that Lori Lightfoot need, needed a political win? I, I think that's a, a, a big part of this. It's uh, It's going to take well, a little time at least to get this through the city council and then the, 
the Illinois Gaming Board has to do its review. Uh, that might not be a, an arduous process because uh, Bally's already is licensed to uh, to do business in, in Illinois, so they've uh, they've already been vetted. But it's bureaucracy; it might take some some time. I but I think she's got to show some some real progress, uh, some shovels in the ground, whatever. Uh, that this is uh, going to be a, a real savior for the uh, the police and fire pension funds and that she's uh, delivered something that mayors couldn't get over 30 years. Mitch, look forward now. What happens in the city council? How successful, if this happens, will it be? Put on your crystal ball uh, and your uh, Swami hat and tell us, what do you think? I think these next couple of weeks will be very important. I mean, obviously you've mentioned uh, Alderman. Riley and Hopkins, you know, they're kind of the two main forces against this. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see if they can rally up other aldermen who are against this. I mean, obviously, Byron Sigcho Lopez was very much against the uh, 78 proposal, um, but I'm sure they're I'm sure they're on the phone with with him at this point and just trying to round up opposition. Um, I don't know that we have a clear picture, and you know, the mayor certainly seems to think that she's got the votes to make this happen. Otherwise, she wouldn't have paraded everyone in front of the cameras yesterday. Um, I think the real wild card here is to see what Neil Bloom does. Um, he's the founder of Rivers Casino. He's obviously, he was behind two proposals um, that failed to get the Chicago Casino. Um, you know, when the state gambling expansion passed a couple of years ago, I don't think anyone thought that Neil Bloom would be the one coming up empty handed at this point. Um, you know, he doesn't have any of these six new casinos that were licensed. Um, and, you know, we, we saw last fall when, um, as Fran, you recall when uh, the city's sports teams were uh, lobbying to pass the ordinance along sports betting in arenas, uh, Neil Bloom went scorched earth to try and uh, stop that from happening. And, and lost. And he lost. And, you know, he really went full out for trying to protect his business. And, and sports betting is a very low margin uh, proposition. I mean, you're not, he's, that's not how he's making his money out at Rivers Casino. Um, so, I mean, sports betting really doesn't even affect his bottom line that much. And he, to see the effort that he put out to try and stop that, um, I mean, it's going to be multiplied by 10 because the Chicago casino is going to, I mean, it's going straight for his bottom line in this plains, I mean, by a lot. And he knows it. So um, as much as Riley and Hopkins are going to be trying to round up votes against this, um, Neil Bloom is going to be going twice as hard, you'd have to imagine. And how much clout does he have in the city council, Dave? He uh, he might find he he doesn't have much clout on on this issue. Uh, I you know most aldermen have uh, no direct interest in this uh, whatsoever. It's easy for them to just go along with uh, with what the mayor wants to do. I I see this passing with uh, with just the, uh, the the limited opposition uh, from the aldermen uh, directly affected here. The best argument the opponents seem to have is that this is the time to stand up to Lori Lightfoot because the she's unpopular. You don't want to hit your wagon to hers and maybe, you know, because she's not popular. And secondly, she has run pretty roughshod over some of the aldermen on a lot of things 
from the very beginning, her inaugural address at Wintrust Arena, when she shamed them into standing and called them all corrupt and so on and raced back to City Hall to deprive them of uh, aldermanic prerogative over licensing and permitting. She's threatening to do the same over zoning. So there's an argument being made behind the scenes that this is the time to say no to say we are not a rubber stamp for you. You said you didn't want one in the first place. And the way you did this was no good. It was not kosher. How successful will that argument be? Yeah, I in mean, the end, I, I don't see that as, uh, as carrying the day for her. I, you've, got, uh, you've got the union pressure. You've got the, uh, the argument that uh, if you, you vote this down, you're kind of you know, hitching your wagon to uh, to a tax increase to, to bail out the, the the pension funds, so I I don't uh, see that as uh, as being a, a particular problem for her. Mitch, what do you think? I'd agree with Dave. I mean, there is a case to be made that you know, uh, River North, near North Side. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of Lori Lightfoot's voters are, are from that area, but I mean, at the end of the day. You know, the neighborhood around the Valley site is somewhere around 30,000 people or so, kind of in the direct vicinity. Um, you know, that's not going to make or break the next election, probably. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing, like Dave said, is that, you know, none of the other aldermen want to be the ones who voted against, you know, the, the savior of the city's pension funds. Um, so I think, uh, I think at the end of the day, she's going to make this happen. Even if we don't know if they really will be the savior until much, much later, probably all of us will be dead by then. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and see on that one. Thank you both for your tremendous work on this. I am proud to call you my colleagues and we will see you all next week. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran.